Finally did it, Throat. What happened? Gotta put this that? baby Wait, to rest. Um, is that a projector? What is that? No. Oh, what? Is, wait, little NAS? What am I looking at? What is that? So thing? this was the former central hub of my uh, wireless mesh system, the Amplify oh. HD. What? Uh, I've never, what's the point of the, what's the, is, oh, is it like a, like a literal display screen? Is yeah, that yeah it shows you like your speed and time and whatever. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Y you okay. don't really need the display, but it had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It has served a valiant life uh, roughly sometime around Christmas. So yep. you just. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to figure out. I'm getting closer to the screen than I want to be. I'm Those who are on audio, Paul just zoomed in about his. Iris. I was like, am I, I well, there's like, you know, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Anyways, sometimes. Mm -hmm. So the way this thing works is I had this thing and then there's I had three. They're not repeaters, but they're mesh points. They're yeah. not access yeah. points, but they're mesh points or whatever. And sure. sometime between like around Christmas time, one of the mesh points just died, just stopped working. And I tried yeah. to save this thing. I opened it up and I was like, man, is there something obvious that blew in here? No, it, it, I could not get it back to life, which means it, like the whole kind of system like started to fail yeah. because now you're in the middle of the house and you're getting, if you're lucky, like maybe 16 down with a whole bunch of latency because the other two things are really far the other end of the house this thing's this thing was in the basement so it's yeah. like all right well i guess it's time so hmm. new system installed up and running uh yesterday because doing the podcast yesterday would have been bad <laughs> um, what did you end up getting though so yeah. i mean this you must have have you had you been thinking about this at all ahead of this yeah, or? yeah i would say yeah, i was one does uh, I... router replacement curious i think is <laughs> okay i've been looking yeah. for a while because whatever yeah. like this thing is wi-fi 5 so yeah no that right that the google wi-fi thing i put into the house when we moved in 2017 was wi-fi 5 so i knew whatever i did next would be yeah kind of a nice upgrade you know so since then there's been wi-fi 6 there's been 6e and now there's mm -hmm. 7 7 well, is way out of the budget 7 is technically not yeah completely yeah. ratified or whatever it's so. way out of the budget because you're looking at it to do a mesh system it's like at least a grant no that's not happening oh, i'm sure it's more than that i so then yeah, but anyway it's expensive yeah okay. the three kind of choices it boiled down to was eero yep. nest wi-fi pro and then also uh well i guess four options and there's these tp link deco and then uh, half yep. the Internet's like, just get a whole ubiquity system, which that <laughs> got, that gets priced out real quick because, sure. hey, I'm not enterprise-grade Wi-Fi. So then it okay. becomes Arrow, Google Nest, or the TP-Link. The TP-Link got rejected because it doesn't support Matter or Thread yet, at least in the price point that I was willing to pay. Interesting. I'm surprised. Okay. Yeah. Some of their, their newer stuff does, but Matter Thread was not supported in the 500 bucks or less club. And mm -hmm. so I was like, 500 bucks is what I'm willing to spend. What can I get for that kind of money? Because that's a lot of money for a router in my mind. Yeah, right. So then we're down to Arrow and Nest. Okay. You're either going to surprise me or I'm going to be like, yeah, that's exactly what you should have done. Or, well, anyway, yeah, but go on. I'm sorry. So you, you go on this. I already have a bunch of Nest cameras. And despite mm -hmm. the fact that Google rarely updates them, they work really damn well. Like they just, they, they work yeah. well. Okay. And so I was like, okay, maybe we'll do that because... I know the net that the Nest one doesn't have all the features. I know, yeah. But it has matter support. It's it's the mm -hmm. cheapest option, surprisingly. It's like three hundred and twenty nine bucks or something or whatever. 
or it was a three node three six node e. six e wi-fi setup. Yeah. yeah 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 okay but then there's the arrow side and i was like right eh, here's what i ended up doing paul throughout okay first time i've ever think done this in probably a decade and a half so my isp alta fiber oh. in cincinnati which is a small isp like in the world of isps mm -hmm. will give me three arrows the six pro e's for twelve dollars a month those okay. things are 429 bucks if you buy the three pack which effectively yes. means i can use these things for three years before, before i would be hey yeah. we would have paid for the google thing correct all right so like or, i said i was he, uh, okay here's God, where it gets better though yep the guy told me he said because you're leasing these things and they're not yours when we get the arrow sevens in he's like you can just come in and just swap them out he's like we're not going to okay. get them for probably a year but he goes you yeah. just bring one back in and we'll just give you whatever we're, sh we're shipping at that time okay so i ended up with three of the arrows for whatever i'll pay 12 bucks a month so my my gig down 500 up i think is what i have will come to 63 dollars a month now up whatever yeah and that's the route i went now the the other benefit too is the one thing i was i was going to go the google route but the reason i was hesitant on the nest or the nest the arrows is that stupid subscription that they have the yes right so that's right my isp includes it so i just i was just looking up my own thing because i i made uh, a year ago i bought i, mm -hmm. I my google uh wi-fi five wi-fi five thing was you know needed to be replaced and um i like the google stuff and but then again I, the one issue i had with that setup was every once in a while i had to just like unplug them and re, yeah. you know kind of reset it you know for some reason like the internet wasn't quite right something was wrong and like and after a lot of troubleshooting like just unplug replug and it worked fine i was like eh. and i did research and like arrow was definitely the best of the two the better of the two um they had i think google had just come up with the 6e version they had like these shiny glo globe looking things yeah uh, they're pretty which, ugly <clears throat> yeah they're kind of weird looking and uh but arrow was really expensive and so what i did was i put a price watch on it at, but um on sale and it was i don't remember what i paid i i like you said on right now they're on sale for 439 mm -hmm. they're usually like 550 yeah um they were significantly more expensive than the google ones but i knew they would be more reliable and um i i'll tell you this is one of the best technology purchases i've ever made so when you were going through this i'm like oh my god please tell me you didn't end up with the google one but um i i think you you made the right decision from a technology standpoint for sure. And it sounds like through your ISP with this upgrade thing um, from a, like a cost perspective as well. So good. The aero stuff is fantastic. Yeah. Like it's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will tell you though, that it gives you a bit of uh, I think an aneurysm is probably the right word. Uh -huh. So I used the same, the same network name, the exact same password, the number of IOT things that would just be like, nope, we're not going to connect to that. Um, well, ugh. oh, wouldn't, aren't going to connect. Well, um, just like I had to go back in. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I almost threw every single hue light I have into the dumpster and lit it on fire. I mean, oh, dude, I, I, I might have mentioned this offline, but what, the only issue I had when I moved here from a kind of networking perspective was the hue lights. And, uh, well, part of it was, I lost the the little hub puck yeah. thing, whatever that's called, and was astonished to discover all these years later 
that A, there's not a newer version of this thing. B, there's not a version that works on Wi-Fi. It has to plug into um, mm -hmm. a gigabit or like, a, I'm sorry, a Ethernet port in part because it uses its own goofy little wireless network, whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I just, you know, that blew my mind. And then none of my Hue lights would connect, none. It wouldn't, it, I couldn't get any of them to work. And uh, I had to literally manually take a picture of the dick, the, the dipshitty little serial number or whatever, and type them in one at a time to get all the lights to come on. And thank God, if I was still at the house when we had all those outdoor lights, I would have, I would have murdered somebody. Yeah. Um, but I only have, I had less than 10, whatever inside here. So it was okay. But Hue, that I love Hue lights so much. And my God, every, if you ever have to just like make it, I, I just, it's awful. Like getting it, Mm -hmm. reconfigured like that and the other problem i had this is this is goofy i have a pixel phone the app it's the exact same you actually sign in through the web so it's not it's the same everywhere but on this one phone i couldn't get hue light i it would it would keep saying you already have an account you don't need to set up i'm like i'm signing in i could never get it to work so i had to use like my ipad to get it all to do everything i just described which i have only really barely described but um it was literally so one of the days since Christmas, so only a couple of days, but where I just tried it again and it signed in finally, I, I've been struggling with this thing for this entire month. Like I want to kill Hue lights. Like I, anyway. Yeah. So I, I, I get it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. We'll see whatever else. Um, I think you're going to love this arrow thing. I, I, I as you it's use fast. it, I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. And I, the, yes, my God, I got the fastest ever. In this room, which this is actually this is my router, <clears throat> you can see right there, that's the the mm -hmm. the main one or the one that's connected to the connection. I I had a I had over a gigabit download on this thing. It was like a, a, I think it was one point one or one point three. Uh, right off this box, and I was like, I I don't think I've ever seen a download speed that fast in my entire life anywhere in the world. You know, mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting whatever. The, it's all faster. That's kind of the the net win here, and so we'll see. You know, what? it's not just faster though. It it is faster, right? But it's also better. It's better. Like yeah. it's um. One of my you, you, IoT yeah. lights just shut off because I was I, I saw that. One thing you probably, if you turned on, you will turn off over time, or at least I because I have so many computers, especially. But mm -hmm. like, there's a setting in Eero where every time like a new device gets on your network, you can get a notification. That seems like a good idea for about 10 seconds. And then you're like, you know what? I don't need that. Uh, we're going to turn that one off. I don't remember where it is, but I love this. I, I, I love it. It was one of the things I bought where I'm like, yep, this is, this is, oh, my kids came home with all these stupid Nintendo switches and phones and things. And it's like, boop, 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 boop. And I'm like, all right, you're going off. That's I enough of that. can't reach the switch to fix that light. I know why it didn't, but it doesn't. Anyways. Yeah. Yep. So did all that. Um, everything seems to be. I don't know. Sonos yeah. took a while to figure its life out, but eventually did. Sonos. It, yep. Sonos is another. Actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> yep. Love Sonos, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. These all... network switches are tough. Yeah. Is it yeah. tough? It was only the weird, weirdly, or maybe not weirdly, at least coincidentally, it was only the stuff I have hardwired in on the Sonos mm -hmm. side. Oh, yeah. that's curious. Yeah, they had some. Do you pop use, so you use like Sonos Net or whatever it's called? Then obviously, yeah. yeah. So any place I have, 
just about all the sound bars I have for TVs are hardwired because mm-hmm. um, because I could I ran wired to and I'm like I'm well, hardwired these. It, look, the, the the although there's less of a problem with Wi-Fi six E and Eros, but Arrow, but the more stuff you can get off of the Wi-Fi, the less congested it is, yep. and the better it is for everything. So Sonos is one of those things that will do that, and uh, that took. I mean, you know this. I think you know this, and I'm sure you know this now. If you didn't before, but there's like a bizarre little text screen you have to look at in the app to, to make sure they're all on mm-hmm. channel 11 or whatever it is like to prove it's on SonosNet, make sure it's not on the Wi-Fi so it's not congesting the whole thing. Yep. Um, we just mentioned Hue Lights is another one. They do that automatically, you know, or they force you to do it. Um, the idea is you want things to be offloaded when they can be because it, it's better for everything else too, right? And then the whole, the whole crux of this thing is I'm like, all right, it's all set up last night. I'm like, how do I use matter and thread and all this shit? Oh, yeah. How the, do you? The answer is you can't. Like, it doesn't, like, there's no, this is. So, yeah. Willfully prompt. First off, my Nest thermostat, which is the Nest learning, doesn't support matter yet or may, may not ever. I don't, so, I don't know if my cameras do. Suppose, so, one thing I've read, I haven't done, but um, you have, you do a few lights. So you have that hue puck. That's mm-hmm. supposed to be one thing that can act as a matter hub. I've read repeatedly, don't ever do that. <laughs> um, I've never found any way to do anything with matter. And one of the big stories of this past year, I think, in fact, because AI happened and kind of subsumed everything, we we kind of forget about the other stuff. Um, I think matter is to smart home what, I don't know, 5G was to networking. Not that it's not important, not that it ultimately isn't great, but like it was this huge hype cycle and I'm not really sure it accomplished anything, at least yeah. pragmatically yet, right? Like the idea here is you have all these devices you bought. You maybe some of your stuff is like HomeKit based and mm-hmm. Apple focused and some of it might be, you have Google stuff, like you said, and that's on its own little trajectory. They each support some of the underlying protocols that are part of Matter maybe or don't or whatever it is. And Matter is supposed to bring all this stuff together. You can have one interface. You could be like, look, I want to, I'm an Apple guy. I'm going to use HomeKit. I'm going to, even though, these other devices aren't HomeKit compatible explicitly. They're still going to work. It sounds awesome. I'm not saying there isn't a single human being that hasn't figured this out in their own house, but I don't think there is. I don't think. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's worked. I don't think. I don't think we've done it. So I still have my my DMZ right. I have the new, the Nest and the Nest stuff, and I cannot get it into HomeKit. I, and the, this is that you you want to live the dream. You know, you want yeah, you want the one. You want one. It's the one pane of glass. This is something Microsoft's been talking about, right? For 20 years, the the everything is in one place. Yeah. The other the other brilliant thing is, is so I found out you can use HomeKit or HomeKit, mm-hmm. Home Automator. Home Automator, is that what it is? To do this, which the person who responded back said, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. There's a $100 box you can buy of some guy who's hacked together a solution that you just plug into your network and it solves all no, this. No, it just does it. Okay. And I'm tempted you know what? Well, okay. So this is, this is a great kind of a conversation people like us would have, which is uh, why are we so mental? No, it's, which is, um, <laughs> well, what's, what's the point, right? In other words, the idea here is you must want to make what we will call like a routine that might do something like we're coming home, turn these lights on, uh, turn the temperature up a little bit if that's necessary, you know, you, it, and these things right now are on different systems, mm-hmm. right? That's the point. Right, I think isn't that the point? Is that why you want to do this, or are you just like anal? I, mean, I would just like to not have to move my thumb 
uh, three gotcha. quarters okay, of an inch to the left. Okay, to but I mean, okay, but, but, okay, we'll put it into a normal person realm. Like this is the, the 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 point of the smart home stuff isn't just that you can turn lights on without a switch and use your phone. It's that you can have I don't know smart shades that come up or down and and these things today are all mm -hmm. in different systems. And the idea is you want to you I'm going to keep calling them routines like. A wake up routine, a good night routine, a I'm coming home routine, uh, blah blah blah, whatever. Yep. You know, you have security. You know, and it's to, it's to bring all of these disparate systems into a single pane of glass. To keep repeating that stupid phrase, um, single pain in the ass, but that's yeah. <laughs> right, pain in the ass. Yeah, with P A N E. Um. Anyway, that's that's to me that's the point of matter, right? <laughs> that's why we worry or think about it and um i don't know that it's accomplished this i don't think it has yeah at least not I don't yet think so either. Yep. the other the other thing because we could drill on whatever forever uh there's a huge <laughs> lawsuit announced yesterday that will have wide-ranging impacts across a lot of things uh okay. the new york times announced that they are suing OpenAI and microsoft for right. using their information or whatever their journalistic uh integrity and well literally millions and, of articles Yep, that are copyrighted. Yep, for and behind a paywall, by the way. Yep, <laughs> not to be a dick about it, but uh, to train their models. Now, what's right. interesting? Keep that in one like lobe mm -hmm. of your brain. The other one is that it kind of leaked out or whatever. Is that Apple has approached the New York Times about paying them? I think it was fifty million dollars to let to be able to train on their on their right. database. So, well, here's the precedent for this because Google was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, not to train anything, but just to steal uh, from publishers all around the world uh, so that you could go to Google. Like, in other words, you're like, oh, I heard something happened in uh, Nepal today. Like, I want to know what that is. And you search it and Google's like, here's what happened. And they just put it in the search results. And then you get the ads around it. And Google is now getting paid for this content other people wrote. And uh, the, a lot of publishers of content from around the world sued them. And Google spent the past two years publishing blog posts almost every single day where they talk about how they're partnering with local news sources in Australia today. And, and now it's local news sources in the Czech Republic and now it's local, you know, wherever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So basically Google was brought to, um, uh, legal compliance with like, we'd call it copyright laws or whatever you want to intellectual property laws, whatever it is, uh, all around the world. And, and that's what had to happen. And when you think about AI being trained on these sources of information, you're like, well, you know, their argument is like, we're transforming this information. We're not presenting it like Google would have done uh, back in the day without paying. But actually they are. And that's what's amazing about this New York Times lawsuit, because there have been like actors and comedians and um, uh, I think other publishers in other parts of the world who have sued OpenAI and or Microsoft for this thing. But the New York Times has multiple examples where you can put in a prompt on Microsoft mm -hmm. Copilot or OpenAI, and it regurgitates verbatim copyrighted work that they created at the New York Times. Like they're, it's literally doing exactly the same thing. Well, the, it's, it gets worse than that, is that the AI can hallucinate and make up an article that the New York that Times actually, never wrote. Right, using the tone and blah, blah, blah. And seeming to be authoritative, which is always the problem with AI, that people mm -hmm. will be like, oh, this must know, you know, it's, it's the genius in the sky, knows everything. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the logical outcome here is going to be 
what Apple's trying to do and what Google eventually was forced to do with publishers of news, which is that they're going to reach these partnerships. And um, I think that's, it has to happen. Like, I think this yeah, is, I, you can't, you know, this is like, they're getting rich. They made a great case, like uh, whatever the valuation of open AI is some billions of dollars. Microsoft during this time, building out their infrastructure for AI, uh, bragging about exactly the process the New York Times describes um, is now val is valued at over a trillion dollars, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is all done off the back of work done by others that's copyrighted, that they're just stealing. And this is a very real issue. Now, whatever you think of the New York Times, I got to be honest, I have some issues with the New York Times. I've expressed this in multiple places at different times, but whatever, uh, this is in fact, whatever you think, again, whatever you think of the content itself, I, they like to think of themselves as being author authoritative. I think, honestly, most of them are actually borderline retarded, but um, they are creating content that's being stolen. And uh, we can't, you know, not just as a, like a news or a content publisher myself, but mm -hmm. just as a, I mean, just as a human being, you got to, like, this yeah. is illegal. I mean, it's absolutely illegal. So, yeah. So this will have huge, th this is going to be like all court cases, very long, very drawn out. Well, uh, except, because, see, well, here's the thing, though. I, I think this is going to cause the Wall Street Journal, the whatever. Well, exactly. To all pile on their own. This is going to have to, this is going to have to be Microsoft and OpenAI reach, and they, they come up with a thing, and here's the revenue share, and anyone can, mm -hmm. I, I think this is, this is imminent. I, I, I would be shocked if we didn't see that. That's because... Microsoft slash OpenAI is in a in a tough position because they could be like, all right, New York Times, we'll just pay you. We'll pay you out two hundred million dollars for those rights. It every has well, it, on the planet. It's gonna have be like, to be an ongoing revenue share. Like it's gonna have to yeah. be you every know. publisher by the way, would be like, give me a give me my cut because you I'm mm -hmm. I can guarantee they probably read a post that you wrote, Paul. That's probably got oh no! I, anyone who's published anything online uh, yeah. is this. This is this could be the world's biggest class action lawsuit if they don't do something about it immediately. In fact, one of the big issues with OpenAI and ChatGPT four point whatever is that for the first time they have not documented how they train this thing. Right. This is the first time they haven't done it, and I think part of the reason is not just that it's complex and you know, more technically advanced, it's because I don't think they want people to know. I think literally they're like, we can't let the world know because they're just stealing from everywhere. So I think we can agree that um, for AI to be effective, this is kind of what has to happen. It has to have this basis in content. Mm -hmm. But I think we should also agree that the people who created that content need to be compensated for that. Which is a, a riddle in itself, because how do you do that? I think this is the Spotify model, that there's some, you have to be transparent yeah. about what you use and how often it's pushed out in some way, transformative or not, mm -hmm. to users of OpenAI slash Microsoft. These guys are getting paid either through subscriptions that people pay to use the service or by web advertising, whatever it might be. They're taking revenue away from, you know, not me, I mean, a little guy or, you know, your times, whatever it is. We all have our own little business models that we get paid for when people read our content. You're taking from that. And I, that this is, you're, you're killing the thing that makes you possible, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, that's a parasite or a cancer, right? Um, and so there can be a, a model that's fair that, you actually pay for my, you Microsoft slash OpenAI pay for the thing 
that makes you possible, right? And that doesn't destroy you as a business. Um, right now, they've gotten a free ride on this stuff. This is, this is, this is a big deal. It, it, it's well, a it's really a, big it's deal. It's a classic. You got to remember, <laughs> this is a classic yeah. Silicon Valley business model. Right. right. Uber did it. Uh, WeWork did it. A lot of these <laughs> yeah. companies do it. Right. You you just brute force your way into a market <laughs> yep. and create a product that is. And you move quick before yep. regulation slash law can catch up with you. Yep. Although the thing that what I think what makes this so unique because one of the one of the issues with big tech and antitrust is, oh, the law can't keep up fast enough. Actually, this is a straightforward copyright law. It, it is, you know, Microsoft and OpenAI acknowledge they're doing this and say, well, it's not illegal because we're transforming it. It's transformative. That's like the little asterisk. Yep. And what the New York Times has demonstrated is that it is not transformative. It doesn't matter if it's sometimes transformative, right? What matters is, A, you've you've take, stolen content that we charge for and we own and you've just regurgitated it. It's exactly what Google was doing before they had to get all these um, yep. publishing partnerships. So it'll be super fun to watch because yeah. the business of using other people's information to train your own models is not sustainable. And so it's not legal. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's the bigger. Yeah. The, you're right. I mean, 100. It, it it I think this is going to be the the catalyst or the little the snowball that turns into the avalanche or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, the entire industry, uh, not just the United States and the whole world, uh, publishing industry, not that it is an industry, but the, the bo collective body of content creators um, is going to, it will be a cascading series of lawsuits and or Microsoft and open area. Just, I think right now, you know, the, the week Sam Altman left and they were all working behind the scenes, right. To do whatever they're doing that right now for this, this yeah. is, they have to solve this because this is Microsoft has literally bet the company on this going forward. And so part of the associated costs of the doing business, right, which to them is, I don't know, 10 to $15 billion a quarter of AI infrastructure build out is going to be some billions of dollars of whatever paying the content creators, right? Which to me will be like a dollar a month, you know, if I'm lucky. It's not good. It's not like I'm got, you know, I'm not going to get rich off of open AI or anything like that. Well, but the, the New York is, Times, is it's not just open AI. There's Anthropic, there's Llama, yep. there's all these. No, other no, this, this has to be, this has to be codified. Um, it already is like, it's already a law. So they, they've got that protection, but it's going to behoove these companies to formally make this part of the, I don't know, the business process or what, I don't know what to call it, but they have to do this because otherwise they're going to be sued into non-existence, especially if you're a smaller place like Anthropic or whatever, right? Well, it'll be fun. I feel like this is a good podcast to end the year on. <laughs> okay. Catch you next week. Bye.